Hello, hello, Dr. Isaac Kashawagi. I am so thrilled to welcome you to my podcast, Leading Your Ship, where we talk all things authentic leadership. Welcome. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited. So just real quick for our listeners, Isaac is a program manager, a researcher, a consultant, and he specializes in the procurement supplier side of things, uh, helping simplify processes, bring real uh, meaningful measurement programs to organizations. Uh, but this part of your story, Isaac, that I love so much, and I cannot wait to share with my listeners, is the work that you're doing with high school students and how you've applied a lot of these best practices from your business to help kind of the next generation of leaders really simplify their lives and build their confidence and help them manage stress, which I think is so important. I think what's really going to hit home with listeners today, whether you're a parent or, you know, I hear from a lot of clients, they're leading kind of a lot of different generations in the workplace. And I know you're going to have some just amazing insights and advice to share today. So again, welcome, Isaac. Maybe you can start out telling us a little bit about yourself and your professional journey. You know, I had a pretty unique professional journey because, you know, I started college when I was 21. And as I entered as an industrial engineer, it's what my dad did. So that's what I went into. I went to ASU and, you know, I quickly realized that my college classes were not going to teach me how to be successful. Um, and I still went all the way to get my PhD in supply chain, but, you know, through the whole schooling process, it really wasn't what I thought it would be. So I actually began working professionally when I was 21 entering college because I realized to work, you don't need any of these technical skill sets that they're teaching, at least what I'm doing. Maybe if I was like a doctor or something. But really what you just needed is logic and common sense and a lot of things that they don't teach you in school that I thought I already learned. And mm -hmm. so a lot of it was over the phone. I started with procurement, project management, and I worked with my father. He was a researcher at ASU, and he developed this whole process and how you could procure and do project management. And so because I have a deep voice, a lot of people didn't even know my age as I talked <laughs> to him over the phone and managed these projects. And it gave me a new perspective. And following my dad, I got a lot of about 14 years now I've been doing it with him. And I've gotten a lot of countries, international experience. And, you know, in the end, one of some of my business partners, we started a nonprofit that we help mentor teens. Because after going through the whole education system and seeing business and what actually makes people successful, we began to realize that the kids these days, they're just, um, they may be going down the wrong path that education is showing them. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, so much of that uh, rings true. And through this work that you're doing, I mean, you're really shaping the next generation through Leadership Society of Arizona. And tell us about some of the some of the trends that you're seeing, or maybe maybe go into more of these problems that you're seeing for kids who aren't you know, really getting prepped for the the real world, if you will. Um, what are some of those problems that you're you're solving? What are some of those issues that you're you're seeing? You you know, you, the thing that's changing, um, especially with technology these days, 
is knowledge and information is so easily accessible. Um, and so there, it's been a big push lately in the education system, and we would call it a top-down approach, that they're trying to take all this information and knowledge that a kid they believe should know, and they try to shove as much of it into a teen as possible. Um, and the issue with this, and they found really creative ways and better ways to do this because of technology, but it doesn't really help a kid. And we find stress levels are on the rise, and there's just this big push because there's, I don't know who has it, but there's this feel that what we give the kid is going to what, what makes them successful and what makes them valuable. Mm -hmm. That something we teach them is going to do it. So let's teach them everything. <laughs> but, you know, kids, kids don't work that way. Yeah. And, you know, really what we need and what we've been trying to do is more of a bottom-up approach that it's not about the knowledge, the curriculum, the academics are actually very, not meaningless, but they're secondary. Because a kid doesn't need to know everything out there. A kid just needs to know who they are. Mm -hmm. And once they know who they are, they're going to know the little piece of information that they need to pick up on. And that little piece what they're good at, they won't have to try really hard because it's going to be simpler for them. It's going to be something they love to do. No one's going to have to force them to do it. And, you know, it's really how they're going to find their passion. And so, yeah, pushing college level classes for ninth, 10th graders or, you know, just this huge push to teach kids more and more is maybe going down a path that leads them to get a little more confused. Mm. And so tell us a little bit about some of these principles um, that you promote in, I'm going to have you maybe, maybe even take a, a step back because I know uh, I've had the opportunity to get to know you and your family because my son has been a part of your programs. And not only do you have summer programs where you work with, with kids, uh, you also do one-on-one -on -one coaching with kids, but you're also launching a school. Is that right? Yes, we are in the fall. We're launching a middle school that is really a revolutionary approach, we feel, to education. Yeah. So what are some of those principles um, that what are some of the main principles that you're um, sharing and, and using through your camps and your coaching and now your new school? Yeah, so we part of we have a core curriculum that we teach kids and then the actual practice of it is when we actually get to the kids, how we implement this is different. But some three ideas that may be different than most people would expect is one, they don't believe experts or leaders don't believe in randomness and chance. The second is leaders minimize all thinking in their life, which is really contrary to what most people think, I believe. Yes. And then the third is that they don't believe they can control, influence, or change another person. And so those three are like the high-level uh, approaches that we teach kids to be successful. And then as we actually mentor them, we try to give them as much freedom as possible because really the whole journey is helping them figure out who they are. Once they figure out who they are, you know, a lot of issues that parents have will solve themselves. And it's really the control and, you know, trying to force a kid to be maybe something they're not or something they don't want to do causes a lot of the resistance. 
I feel like we so there's a like deep concept. Today. I don't. Yeah, we can go into <laughs> any of those concepts. Maybe we'll go into this thinking one because it's a good talking point. Oh my gosh. Well, so, how many people suffer from? I mean, I'm guilty of it too, and I, I at least I'm aware of it. But it's just like overthinking. Yeah, because the main thing we show them is, and the easiest one is good that we're on a uh, camera because I can give you an example. Yeah. So if I were to release my phone right now, what would happen? It would drop. It would drop. Did you have to think about that at all? No, it's automatic. Uh, yeah, because this is simple. You're an expert in this. You know it so well because you've seen it so many times. When something's simple, it means you understand it. And when something's simple, it allows you to predict the future. And you don't have to think about it. So that's indicators that you understand something. That means if you're, oh, if you're ever thinking, <laughs> thinking is an indicator that you don't know. And people have it confused. People tell kids you need to think more, you need to think harder. But that's mm -hmm. actually not how it works. Successful people, they actually minimize all these efforts to think because they realize it means they don't understand it. And so one of the big concepts we teach kids, you need to identify when you don't know, and then you need to learn how to utilize techniques that experts use. They, they go ask for help. They simplify their life. They get more information in different ways. Um, but we teach them they actually want to stop thinking in their life as much as possible. And where does kind of learn, wanting, you know, having the desire to learn a new skill come in? Because as you're talking, I'm thinking a lot about, you know, uh, operating under a growth mindset and being open to learn new concepts. So where do you kind of draw that line between getting the resources, building, I'm thinking, you know, later in, in a professional journey where you're building a team with people who know different things than you know, and really compliment you. And then where would you say, does that learning a new skill or that desire to go learn something so it can be more simple? How does that, how does that play into it? Oh, so you actually learn more when you think less. So people think thinking is synonymous with learning. But when you're thinking, it means you're confused. And you really won't learn much when you're confused. Thinking also stops you because in the process of change, you observe something, you think about it, you act on it, and you change. Most people get stuck in the thinking and they never get to acting. Yes. But action is really where you will learn the most. And so acting on something that you know will lead you to even more information. And so what we tell kids, if you want to do something, we don't want to make it confusing for them. We want it to be simple. So if they want to learn how to do any skill cooking, we don't want them to go learn on their own and make a lot of mistakes. We want to find an expert or make it simple so we show them this is the next step in cooking. And then by actually doing simple things, they'll actually get much better you know, results than trying to do it all on their own, thinking a lot through it all. But that's a controversial thing. People, a lot of people believe thinking is the only way to learn. But, you know, we, we may disagree with most people on that. <laughs> and that's okay. Sometimes we have to have popular, unpopular opinions uh, to, to make uh, impactful change. And, you know, I certainly uh, believe in what you're doing and and it rings so true in, uh, you know, my executive leadership coaching as well. I always tell people, you know, what were these concepts 
Uh, it's the same, whether you're a C-level executive or a teen uh, starting to think about college, uh, it's, it's all the same. It's just um, how, you, how you apply it. So I, yeah. I love it. What advice would you give to, I mean, there could be some parents that are kind of hearing this or thinking about this, <laughs> no pun intended, for the first time. What advice would you give uh, parents of middle school age children, teens right now? You know, it depends a lot on the child and the parent. And so not one approach is going to work for everybody. Um, but after mentoring teens and seeing what actually brings success in the end, I think the two pieces of advice I'd give them is one, your relationship with your child is of highest priority above all other things. Yes. And the second, helping your child figure out who they are is probably the most important thing you can help them to do. And to do this, to do both of these things, it generally requires you to give the child as much freedom as possible without them injuring themselves severely. Yes. <laughs> um, because, you know, in, in a teen learning, they have to pursue what they want. It's just like in a workforce. If And this is what we teach business professionals. When you have, it's really this one, you have a boss and all the workers. The more that the boss does this, say, this is not a good thing. This is called micromanagement. Yeah. And nobody likes this. Everybody sees this as a bad thing. But then you realize what happens. The more the boss talks, do the workers become more reactive or proactive? And reactive, it's reactive, for sure, yeah. yeah. Do they take accountability more or less? Less. Less. Now, this is not a good approach, and we know it. But when we go to parenting or when we go to the supply chain, people are still doing it. Mm -hmm. People are micromanaging their kids. And it's turning the kids very reactive. So the parents might even get through, you know, punishments or different mechanisms they have at home. They could get short-term gains or short-term results, but it's actually not creating a good lasting process for the child to, to live on their own and to become successful. Um, so when the child has that freedom, the biggest question the child has to answer, which is very difficult for them, is what do they want to do? Mm -hmm. No kid just wants to do nothing. No kid just wants to sit and play video games all day. And they may think they do, mm -hmm. but then you let them do that for a long time. And then they'll realize this isn't actually what I want. Yeah. And it's them from jumping from what they think will make them happy over and over again and mentoring them and helping them learn how to pursue what they want. They'll actually develop all the skills you need to be successful. Because as they pursue, even if it's video games, they want to become an expert video game player. Expert video game players still have to manage their time. They have to learn from other video game players. They have to know finances to what they can buy, what they can't buy. And helping a kid pursue whatever they think is their dream will actually teach them what's necessary. And eventually, they're going to find what actually makes them happy. But if a parent you know, is doing this all day, and there's not enough time, but I come from a family of eight kids where the oldest was told what to do and the I'm second to youngest had total freedom. It's a big game changer in speeding up the process in a kid finding out what they actually want and becoming a responsible person. 
So your your parents had eight kids and did they change their parenting style along the way from kind it of was, telling kids what to do to when you were born, Isaac? When my oldest brother was 18, my dad asked him what he wanted to do with his life. And there was a blank stare. And my dad realized at that moment, because when you're when you're younger, and I'm still young with young kids, but I, I trust and believe in my my dad that went through the whole process. Mm -hmm. Because you don't actually see the results of what you're doing till almost it's too late when it's all, you know, grown up. And so parents don't realize sometimes, you know, if their method is successful until the kid gets older. And so my dad was actually had so many kids that he saw the end result and still had some in the pipeline. And so he realized that he was trying to control his kids too much. Yes. And from there, he went to no rules in the household. And now it was a process to get there. And he had a lot of support with my older siblings, helping with the younger siblings. Yeah. But, you know, it was a life-changing thing, I think, for my life, <laughs> at least. Yeah. And, and you shared that you're young. And I've had an opportunity to meet your beautiful family of three gorgeous children and your amazing wife, Jessica, uh, how do you balance it all? You shared, you know, your relationship with your children should be your number one priority, your no rules philosophy, you have a very successful business, you're launching a school. How do you balance it all, Isaac? You know, it, it's a tough thing, especially as my kids get older. My oldest is four now. I mean, when they're just a newborn, you don't really have, they don't really know if you're there or not half the time. Yeah. But as my kid gets older, it's becoming more difficult because I love to work. And so, you know, normally when I was consulting, um, we'd be on the road maybe a third of the year traveling. And then every day, every week is about 50 to 70 hours. And then we started this nonprofit, which just added the hours. And then you have, you know, religion and community and all these other aspects that bide for your time. And so, you know, when I, when I think about it, the biggest thing I realized is that my work and my life, my personal life are very connected um, because I find the better project manager, the better teen mentor I become, it actually helps me become a better father and the opposite way around as well. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the most important things any adult should realize with kids is that their personal development is of top priority. It is the thing that will impact your kids the most because let me give you a story. When me and my wife had our first kids, she was really worried. Um, about there's all these techniques right of when a potty train or how to talk to your kids or you should oh, never yeah. say no or you should never like congratulate them for an achievement you should congratulate them for who they are and the effort you know there's all these techniques out there yeah and she was really worried um but i told her in the end all these techniques are okay but in the end your kid will turn out to be like you mm -hmm. so i don't care what you teach the kid they're going to learn the most by watching you and yeah. how you treat people and how you interact with them. So unless you act that way your whole whole day to day, what you teach them really doesn't have much of a big role in life. But they're going to see who you become. And so if you're grateful, they're, they're going to be grateful. If you're controlling, they're going to be controlling. And so developing yourself you know, is one of the key things. So, But going back to the main question, with those two things in mind, 
I learned that my home is the first priority. And that's only because if my home doesn't work out, it will severely affect every aspect of my life. Yes. Because, yes. you know, it's just that's where all the personal struggles come through. And yeah, it's just that's the way it works. But as I look at it and go through my life, my highest priority is my wealth and well-being. well-being. And so the gym is more important than work in generally every situation. Anything could wait because long term, I can work better, harder if I eat healthy, you know, I'm working out. And so my well-being's a top priority. My second is my wife. Um, because if my wife is taken care of and she's loved, um, right now she's a stay-at-home mom, it will trickle down to all my kids. And so my kids will even need less of me because they get it from my, my wonderful wife. And then lastly, it's the better I become, I can actually see what my kids want. A lot of effort is wasted thrown at kids because a parent doesn't understand what their kid wants. And they may take them, they may spend a lot of hours taking on vacations or all these different things. But if they don't understand who their kid is and what they actually want, it's not wasted, but it's not efficient. Mm -hmm. And the better I become at my work, um, I actually begin to realize I can see better what my kids want and what makes them happy, what toys they want, where they want to go, how much they actually need me in their life. Because I love my family, but I love my work as well. The whole aspect of both is just helping me become a better person. So where I spend my hours doesn't matter as much to me as just my personal growth. But when I look at work and my family now, I see what's required to make everybody happy. And that's, where, that's how I split my time. And so sometimes mm -hmm. my family needs more, sometimes they need less. And as they get older, they may need more. And... We'll see how good of a dad I am when my kids are older and you ask them how good of a dad I was. But I think <laughs> I think the approach has been working really well. I think so, too. I think so, too, Isaac. I think I think you have such a, a great um, handle on everything. And like I said, I've been able to meet your family. and It seems like they're doing all wonderfully. What is the best leadership advice that you've ever personally received, Isaac? Um. That's a tough one, too, because I've never received a piece of advice that has changed my life. Um, I don't think anyway. I couldn't re I can't remember any instance where something just totally changed my life. But I think what I would recommend, I have my fa my father is my hero. And so if I could become just like my dad, he's not perfect. But if I could become just like him, I would be more than happy. Um, and my brother is like my second dad, my one of my older brothers, because he taught me, you know, everything else and everything I do and what I believe. A lot of it's based on I was taught all these good things. And I think that's the key. Having a good mentor is probably the best thing you can do. Anybody can do at any age. And this mentor should be wise. They should know who you are really well. They should um usually be a little older than you sometimes. Um, so they've been through experiences that you might not have been through. That helps. And you should be, you should be able to feel really comfortable and honest with them. Um, now, there's no, you might not find a perfect fit. Everybody has a, a struggle with this. But if you can't find a perfect one, find the best thing out there. Um, even if they're like the same age as you, that's the best you can do. It's better than nothing. Um, because it's men it's a mentoring and being able to talk to somebody about your life.
that really all these small things that build up, it'll take place within those time periods. Such great advice. And I am just, like I said, I feel like we could talk all day about this because I'm so passionate about some of these key principles that apply to leadership, but in your own household. And I think what you're doing is just fantastic. And I can't wait for you to come back in a few months and tell us how your new school is doing. Uh, if you don't mind sharing, I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to reach out to you. Uh, what's the best place for people to find you? Um, you know, if you're interested in teens and teen mentoring and that type of thing, if you go to leadaz.org, that's our uh, teen site. And we have a YouTube channel, Leadership Society of Arizona. We have a lot of good videos out there. Um, and that's probably the most exciting part. If you're into like procurement and project management, um, you could probably go there too and eventually wind up with us. <laughs> well, people can uh, ask me as well. I'm happy to yeah. connect anyone, but I know, uh, you know, having some some free content that people can grab right now on YouTube will be uh, a big help. So thank you for sharing that, Isaac. And thank you so much for joining me. I just love this conversation and appreciate all you're doing, not only for my son, but for so many kids uh, who need this. And, you know, on behalf of all of the C-level executives who are going to be welcoming your, your um, protégés into their organizations in the future, I know uh, this will go a long way as well. So thank you again, Isaac. I really appreciate you. Hey, thank you for having me.